Hey, praise the Lord, everybody. I said praise the Lord, everybody. Ah, God is good and the devil is bad. It's Wednesday night here at Pineview Church and one of my elders, uh, my great friend and uh, prayer elder here at Pineview, long time, long time pillar of the assembly right here. Uh, uh, we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to talk to you about Daniel, the book of Daniel and how it relates to prophetic times that we're living in today. And uh, we're going to start in the book of Daniel, and then we'll get to some things later in a few, uh, well, in a couple months. Uh, we're going to start here in Daniel chapter 2. So I want to lead you all in prayer tonight. Listen, uh, if you're online tonight, make sure that you like, share, or comment. Well, actually do all three, like, share, and comment, um, and tell somebody. Listen, this is a series you want to be a part of. Um, not that all the other series aren't fantastic, but this is going to be an interesting series. It's going to uh, really draw some things out about what we're experiencing in the last hour. I don't know. Have you watched the news this week? We are living in the last days. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Meadows is shaking her head. Nope, sir. <laughs> but we are living in the last days. And I don't blame you, Sister Meadows. Amen to that. Um, and I want us to be ready. Be informed, right? And tell somebody. Someone shout, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Come on, type it in right now. Tell somebody tell about somebody. Jesus. Tell somebody. I'm encountering a lot of Christians that like to talk. They like to criticize. They like to talk. They like to, to tell everybody else what they should be doing, and they're not doing a thing themselves. And I'm just here to tell you that it's time for us all to pull together in the kingdom of God. Let's find a Bible study. Let's witness to somebody. Let's tell somebody my story. Let's talk about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, such a great weekend with the youth and all that uh, God did this last weekend. Wonderful time in the Lord, and we're thankful for that. Um, so tonight we're going to have the Lord in prayer and uh, we're going to ask, uh, this is the format that's going to happen. Uh, Brother Carl um, is going to uh, be first. He's going to talk to us out of Daniel 2. He's going to give us for about 20 minutes uh, some things that we're going to talk about. Then I will come behind that. And I'll comment and, and also uh, talk about uh, Daniel chapter 2. And then it's going to be open for discussion, open for questions. Now those of you that are online, uh, you can ask questions online. You can go in there and type. I'm, I can see what you're typing. Um, that's the advantage of me having my, my laptop up and going here. So we'll be able to grab those questions online as well. So we're looking forward. We don't have all the answers, but we know a book that does. Amen. Amen. We know a book that does. It's the Word of God. It's the Bible. So let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We praise you. We exalt you today, Lord, for all you've done. Lord, this has been a day of prayer and fasting at Pineview, Lord. And I feel that presence, Lord. I feel that pull, that urgency. I feel, Lord, the fact that we are drawing closer to you, that you are drawing closer to us. Lord, I ask tonight that you go forth in this word, Lord, as we start this series uh, in Daniel and later in Revelation about the small things that we need to learn about and understand, Lord, that we can learn tonight and ask, Lord, of you to give us revelation. I pray that all those that are sick would recover and all those that are not well, that they would be set free from disease. In Jesus' name, we believe and declare healing in Jesus' name. We believe and declare salvation in Jesus' name. And let the church shout amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. So tonight we're going to begin. Um, so I want you to uh, just allow the Holy Ghost to open your heart. And again, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions online. 
we will, I will be monitoring that while Brother Carl talks, and I'll let him do some monitoring while I talk, maybe, so that we can get that together. Someone say amen. Amen. So, Brother Carl, amen. Praise Thank you, Lord. brother. Praise the Lord. Um, so that everyone understands, this, a lot of this stuff that I'm going to talk about is how I see Right. Daniel and Revelations, and the pastor might not see it the same way that I see it, yeah. and you might not see it the same way that we see it. Right. The whole purpose of this is to get you stirred up over the Word of God. That's right. To want to study. engage in this, study it, and pray about it. Amen. We want to know more about what the Word of God teaches us concerning the end times. And Brother Carl, in, in my study last year, we talked about how we just went, we tried to keep our own opinions out of it. In this study, we're putting our opinions very into it, right? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about what, what we see from the Word of God, not from uh, you know YouTube or how we had bad pizza last night and had bad dreams. We are going to be, everything that me and Brother Carl talk about is going to be based in the Word of God and how it is open for interpretation to how we might view Daniel's uh, visions and things. So that's going to be wonderful. So it's, it's uh, one of those things that I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, Go ahead. we want to stir you yes. up in Jesus' yeah. name. Yeah, amen. Okay, Daniel was one of the selected youthful Jewish hostages yes. that were first deported to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar in the, when the King Jehoiakim was in control in Israel and uh, that happened about 605 BC and Daniel along with his buddies was given a Babylonian name in relationship to the Babylonian gods yet him and his buddies remained faithful to God and I think for that reason yes. they were elevated. Amen, I agree. And then in 602 BC Nebuchadnezzar has a problem. King Nebuchadnezzar, king, the king of Babylon, has a dream, a dream that he cannot remember, and he's troubled by it. Yes. So let's begin at chapter 2, verse 2. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And the magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, Chaldeans respond, tell us the dream. Yeah. Skipping to verse 5. The king answered and said unto the Chaldeans, the, king, the thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts, rewards, great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. The king, in his reasoning, is saying, if you are who you say you are, right. you should be able to tell me the dream as well as the interpretation. Otherwise, you're just a bunch of frauds. Daniel 2 and 10. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king 
lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. Verse 12, for this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Mm. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Daniel is given the opportunity to manifest the one and only true God of the universe, Amen. the self-existent eternal who is our everything. Daniel 2, 16. Then Daniel went in and desired the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. And Daniel goes home and tells his buddies and they go to prayer. Verse 24. Therefore Daniel went in unto Antioch, or Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. Right. He went and said thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. So here Daniel becomes a savior to these sorcerers and soothsayers of Babylon. That's right. That's true. That were unable to tell the dream. Verse 27. Daniel answered, in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven there is a that God revealeth heaven. secrets Woo. and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the vision of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon the bed, what should come to pass hereafter, and he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. I want you Babylonians to know there is no God like my God. That's right. <laughs> Amen. There is a God in the heavens, and he reveals secrets. Yes. And tells you things that are going to come to pass. What shall be in the latter days? And there's the question. There it is. What is this talking about? Yeah. Is this talking about the end of the Old Testament? No. Is this talking about Jesus Christ dying on the cross? Is this talking about the second coming? Verse 29 seems to repeat. I think uh, Daniel here is letting us know it started. Right. Things are in motion. And as time progresses to the end, it's going to be complete. <coughs> yes. So Daniel tells the dream. <clears throat> Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee. And the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold. His breasts and silver, arms were of silver. His belly and thighs of brass. His legs of iron. His feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till the stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. A great image 
form terrible, fine gold, silver, brass, iron, and iron and clay. And then just a stone mm -hmm. that smote the, the feet of the image. Verse 35. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. These elements were broken to pieces. Then they became like chaff and the wind blew them away until they were clean of them, totally gone. And the little stone becomes a mountain. Yeah. And this image now is dwarfed if it was, had remained standing because this is a mountain now taking, taking place. Daniel interprets the dream, verse 37. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Mm. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. Nebuchadnezzar, this kingdom was given to you by God, and he has made you king of kings, right. and given you power, strength, and glory. You are king over all the world. world. Read verse 38. Right. Wherever men dwell, you are the head of gold. And then the next kingdom of silver is inferior to you. Obviously inferior, not in strength, but some other way. For the Medes and the Persians do conquer Babylon. The following interpretation represents a traditional view of Jewish and Christian historicists, futurists, dispensationalists, partial preterists, and others, futuristic Jewish and Christian hybrids as well as certain Messianic Jews who typically identify the kingdoms of Daniel with variations as Babylon 1, Medes and Persians number 2, Greece Empire, and then the Roman Empire number 4, the legs of iron. Jerome described this scheme in his commentary on Daniel as well. And the third kingdom, the Greek Empire, use brass as their armor, according to Barnes. Okay, just going on, Daniel 2 and 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry, 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 miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, 
They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Iron is harder element than those previous elements, gold, silver, and brass. Stronger, but less in character. It breaks and bruises. Legs are of iron, Rome. Then the feet and the toes, part of iron and part of miry clay. Some suggest it is the Scandinavian countries that were united in marriage with Rome. However, I disagree. I believe it to be the Holy Roman Empire. The clay that God could possibly work with. That is, people who looked to some degree to the Bible along with the iron, the Roman government. The ten toes on the feet refer to the ten kingdoms into which the Roman Empire was ultimately broken up into. Mingle themselves with the seed of men seems to indicate inferiority, getting inferior. Uh, Christians or, you know, uh, Christendom. Yeah, Christendom being influenced by the world government. That's what I see that as. Holy Roman Empire. And concerning break in pieces, it would be better described as brittle, fragile, or frail. Uh, for it is the stone that will break in pieces and grind and make chaff and it'll be blown away. Then I wanted you to take a look at this verse of scripture in Revelations, describing the beast. The ten horns on the beast will hate the whore, according to this verse, verse 16 of chapter 17. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Verse 17, For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Partly strong, partly broken. They shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. There is animosity here, between the ten horns and the whore of Babylon. Brother Carl, if I can interrupt you. Yes. Why don't you expound on the whore of Babylon just for a second. Okay. Just so people have a reference of this whore. I believe that the whore of Babylon, well, number, first let me say, there are three women that are mentioned in the book of Revelations. And we do not feel badly about any women in such a way. <laughs> okay. We first see the woman with the crown of 12 stars, right. the sun and the moon, that gives birth that to the man-child, which I believe to be Israel. The Catholic Church have her as Mary, but I believe that that is really Israel. It's going back to Joseph's dream. And then we have the Horo Babylon. And all these produce children. Okay, And then we have, finally, the Bride of Christ, the Church of the Living God. Okay, so you want me? Yeah, good enough? yeah. Well, the horror that we're talking about is the horror. Which horror? Is horror of Babylon? Okay, a, 
adultery. Right. Uh, when, when you look at the Old Testament and you see what a whore, yeah. a description of a whore, you're spe- it's generally speaking of Israel not worshiping there the is. true God. There it is. That's what I want to say. Uh, you, you can look at uh, the Babylon, Babylonians or the Assyrians or some of the other people that are described that worship false gods, but I don't believe the scripture ever calls them a no, whore. No. But it does call Israel a whore when they're not worshiping the true God. That's right. Amen. Okay, so Revelation seventeen sixteen, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. Did I already read this? No, go no, okay. Keep going. They, these shall hate the whore. They shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, and the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Okay. So there's animosity between the two of them. All right. Verse 44 of Daniel 2. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now let's read it and amplify. And in the days of these final ten kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, nor shall its sovereignty be left to another people. But it shall break and crush and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. The Amplified says these kings are the final ten kings, the ten toes that will be crushed and consumed by that rock, as well as the rest of the body, but it first hits the feet, the foundation of this thing. And then it speaks of what I believe to be the kingdom of God, not conquering like the others, but it's set up, and it will never be conquered. So during this ten-tone kingdom, this other kingdom, which Christ's kingdom, the kingdom of God, will be established and consume all things. Verse 45. Was that in verse 45? Yeah. yeah. No, 44 and that. You did I go didn't read it. Okay, 45. got it. Okay. Okay, Daniel, now when you look at the last piece of Daniel chapter 7, you see a very similar description of the fifth kingdom, the feet of clay and iron. And the second, uh, the second chapter of Daniel, as well as the Revelation 17, the whore of Babylon, the right. ten horns. Right. Let me read it. Daniel 7, 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. 
And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. And that is repeated so many times throughout the scripture concerning the Antichrist. Verse 9, And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and his hair as of his head was like pure wool, his throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, thousand thousands ministered unto him, Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the judgment was set, and the books were opened. Verse 11, And I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of these beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And verse 13. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I see this as the same description of the fifth kingdom of iron and clay, in which the Antichrist will arise and then be destroyed by Christ and his kingdom, the stone that will crush and consume and last forever. Because of that, I see the fourth beast of Daniel 7, the beast with ten horns, and chapter 2 of Daniel, the feet and ten toes of clay and iron, and Revelation 17, the ten horns that hate the whore, are all speaking of the same kingdom and will be destroyed by the rock. Some have thought that the first three beasts of Daniel 7 are also in correlation with Daniel 2, the head of gold, the arms and breasts of silver, the belly and thighs of brass. But I don't think so. Verse 12 here indicates they will be prolonged, the, the beasts of chapter 7, they will be prolonged and not destroyed with the ten horned beast. Whereas in Daniel 2, it says they will be blown away like chaff. Furthermore, Daniel describes later in the 8th chapter of his book of a ram and a he-goat that, that most people believe represent the Medes and the Persians and Greeks. And Daniel 7 doesn't use a ram and a he-goat to describe Greece and Media Persia. It uses another beast. Why would God do that? I don't believe he would. I believe it's something different. So, going to Revelations 13 and 3. And I saw one of the heads, as it were wounded to death, 
and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. The Holy Roman Empire dissolved in 1806, but the European Union is the return of it. When you look it up, you will discover that many in Europe do not want to call it the Holy Roman Empire. There is animosity toward that idea, though it is recognized as the Holy Roman Empire. And I believe this to be the head that was wounded unto death. The whore of Babylon is now sitting on it. And the division that exists between the clay and the iron and the ten horns and the whore lets me believe that we are in the end time. Get ready. Everybody Pastor. say amen. amen. So um, we have... Uh, we have a lot of imagery here that we just talked about. One of the things I don't want us to do is get uh, confused and which tin horns and which whores and which, um, you know. So one of the things that I want to do next week is to make sure that we give them a, uh, uh, let's give them a, a, a better uh, boom, 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 uh, so that they can see that, uh, those ten uh, let's make some visuals. Yeah, visuals. There you go. Um, I, I, us sitting here talking about it, you and I know exactly what we're talking about, right? We can yeah. dissect that. But I want that to be more plain for everybody. I um, think when we talk about seven, it'll help yeah. a lot. So uh, I want to go back. Does everybody say amen? amen? Get your questions ready. I want to go back um, and let you understand the book of Daniel real quick, right? The book of Daniel is important that you recognize. You remember he was in captivity. He was there against his will. He was there in God's will. Yeah. Okay? He was against his will, in God's will. Meshach, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which was not their real names. Uh, in the fiery furnace, the fourth man. All these things happen here. Daniel in the lion's den in chapter 6. We can go on and on and on in all of our, our, our Sunday school stories. But I want you to recognize that one of the things you have to, to, to really watch in Daniel is that Daniel has vision after vision after dream after dream. Yes. Right? And they are not in succinct. They are not in chronological order. They are not. They, he doesn't even know what they are. He doesn't. He, he admits in his writings. I, I, I saw this. I don't know what it is. Right. Um, and I, I'm using our vernacular. But he has uh, all these visions that are coming at him. And he is in this place of, of just writing things down that he sees. Right. We will talk later about in, in Daniel 12 how he says. That the Lord says, look, I, I'm giving you this vision, but this vision is to be wrapped up and not opened until the end, right? Here in, in verse 28 of chapter 2, you find in verse 28 that, that we are seeing, I'm, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation, but all these things that happened to Nebuch King Nebuchadnezzar, 12 months later he was walking, taking a walk on a flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. I'm not sure how they knew it was a flat roof, but, and as he looked across the city, he looked at the great city of Babylon. Um, I'm in chapter 4, I'm sorry. Uh, chapter 2 and verse 28. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 20. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the what? Future. In the King James, it says, 
in verse 28. Um, let's look at it here real quick. Brother Carl read it, but let me read it in your hearing again. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he hath made known to King David that there will be in the latter days. That will be in the latter days, right? So a lot of what we're reading in Daniel, you need to... He prophesied for the present, Nebuchadnezzar and the children of Israel. He saw dreams for the present that he was going through, right? I believe that we'll look at that in Daniel 9 and the abomination of desolation. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in weeks to come. So one of the things I want you to be very careful about when we are, when we are reading Daniel is to understand what you're reading, right? Who is it? What, what, we ask those questions. Context. Let me shout context. Context. So you, you're going to ask, who was it written to? Amen? So who was it written to? So when you're reading, you're going to say, who was this written to? Well, this was written as a, 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 a to King Nebuchadnezzar and to the future, to to whatever that latter time was that he spoke of, right? So he has this this vision, and Brother Carl uh, so aptly and wonderfully showed us in the vision. The and I want you to just state. I want you to take him from the feet all the way to the head, real quick, right? So what's what are the feet? Iron and clay. And what do they represent? I believe it's the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire. When you say Holy Roman Empire, you're talking about the Catholic Church and the Roman government around it. I'm, I think it'd be better said the uh, church and state. Church and state. So the Holy Roman Empire was, there was no church without the state, there was no state without the church, right? It was, uh, uh, this is during you know the Crusades, this is during... The times uh, that were very, very dark in, in Europe, right? So the Holy Roman Empire was literally a, a theocracy, so to speak, right? Um, and so that's what the Holy Roman Empire was. So what? So that's the feet. That's the Holy Roman Empire. That's what's the toes? Do you think that's the the, that's the, the ten the, nations? All of it is iron and clay. Right. Feet yeah, I know. But what do you think those toes represent? Well, there were. Ten divisions that existed in the, in the Holy, Holy Roman, Roman Empire by segments, right? and 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 they changed. Yes, they did over period, but they they remained, remained ten. ten. Yes, they did. Okay, just so you understand that, right? So around the it, it, Holy Roman Empire made up of ten uh, counties. Let's do it like that, right? Ten states. There it is. Uh, ten states, um, and he's right. They 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 changed. They were conquered. They fought. They you know, but it remained ten. Right, so we know that. So, what are the legs now? Legs of iron. Legs of iron. So these are clay or uh, ceramic clay, as the scripture uh, sometimes translates, or mercury clay or whatever they, you know. So clay and iron, right? If you've ever worked with with clay and iron, it's not as stable. It's not stable. so. The whole thing is built on instability, right? Bad foundation. Bad foundation because it's human foundation, right? It's man's uh, legislation. It's man's will. The legs of iron. What are the legs of iron? Rome. So they are Rome. So the Holy Roman Empire and Rome are different. Because the Holy Roman Empire comes after Rome. Right? So Rome is Caesar and, you know, all those time frames. The, the Roman Empire spread across, you know, all roads lead to Rome. That was a segment. A very pagan uh, it was uh, this where Jesus was crucified. This is all that era. Does that make sense? 
Say, what's next with the car? Grease. So what? Stomach and thighs of brass. Brass. So this is the Grecian Empire, right? So that was before the Roman Empire, the Grecian Empire. So the Grecian Empire uh, was a, a very uh, powerful, it's had amazing navies, Sparta. Uh, you know, you want to read about uh, Spartacus and, uh, and Sparta and all that. That's the time frame we're talking about, okay? So when you get to Sparta and, and, and the Greece and, and, and all of that going on, there was a lot going on. And what is, what is that made of? Brass and, and, and I'm sorry, it's made of bronze and the, it's the stomach and the, and the chest, right? The, uh, Belly and the belly thighs. and the thighs. Okay, my, I'm not reading. I'm going off my memory, which is not very good. The belly and the thighs. So, what's next after the belly and the thighs? Arms and breasts of silver. Arms and breasts of silver. Media Persia. Media Persia. So the the head, which was Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire, it was the greatest, the most powerful, and the the silver was second to it. And while it is not any more intensive strength, right? Gold is one of the softest uh, metals you'll find. Silver is a little more tensile strength, but it's less value, right? Does that make sense? So Nebuchadnezzar's uh, kingdom was was great. It was valuable. It was gold. It was, and the next kingdom was a little less valuable. And then the next was bronze, which is even less valuable. And even go down, to the, you know, to the the bronze, uh, to the the iron, and it's less fine. Now you have mix of iron and clay. It's even more. You see that the value of man's uh, kingdoms continue to fall, deteriorate, deteriorate before the King of Kings comes. Right. So. When, when you're looking at Daniel, you need to realize in this second chapter that he's trying to give you a picture. Everybody say picture. picture. So Daniel did not know what he was seeing except that the Lord gave him words and filled his mouth. So Daniel wasn't an expert on iron or bronze. He was just trying to get out of him what God was showing him. Now, we, everybody say we, we, in our best wisdom, have given these kingdoms to the places that they're at. We do not have biblical absoluteness that it is. The only biblical absoluteness we have is that Nebuchadnezzar is the king of kings and he is the Ayat, right? We, through summation and study and learning, we know that it's the, the Greek and Ottoman Empire. It's the it's the the arms and silver and and uh, Medes and Persians and down right. So the, the scripture is not implicit. Let's say implicit. And this is a big deal for for us as Christians because this is why we study to show ourselves approved. There's going to be a lot of things that you need to learn in your Bible that is not implicit, but it's learned through historical right. They would say, man. It's learned through understanding of the scripture, like Brother Carl has taken you from Genesis, I'm sorry, from Daniel 2, Daniel 7, he's taken you to, right, he could go to all kinds of different places, Isaiah, you could go to Revelation, right, so they've all fit together, right, now, whether the woman with the horns and all that, right, that's something that we need to further examine, and I don't disagree with Brother Carl's summation of this, but I want you to be aware that you need to go study for yourself. Amen. Right? You need to know for yourself. And that dig doesn't into mean. The word. Yes, dig, dig, dig. Because I don't have all the answers, but the Carl doesn't have the answers. But we're doing our very best by studying 
hours and hours and hours and doing our best to submit ourselves wholly and totally to the Word of God. Does that make sense? The people of Berea were more noble than those of Thessalonica because they went and searched to see if the Apostle Paul was telling, telling the, the truth, truth or That's not. Right. That's right. That's right. So when we look at this, you need to understand. So I would... I would prefer, this is me talking, right? I mean, this is not against Brother Carl. Don't take this wrong. But I would prefer to stay in the dreams. And I'm going to give you an example. So in, uh, we see the image of gold in chapter 3. But in chapter 4, he has a second dream, right? He has a different dream. To all the people of nations, lands dwell on the earth. And he has another dream. And he has more interpretation. It's a different dream. But he explains that second dream. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar is still involved. Nebuchadnezzar is humiliated. And then he praises God. And then there's this Belshazzar feast. Right? Um, and, and Feast of the Lords. And, and there's all kinds of stuff that happens here. That's where we find the writing on the wall. Right? Which is another vision. It is another uh, interpretation of what Daniel sees through the supernatural. You follow me? The reason I bring this up is very important is because you cannot read Daniel in succinctness and say, oh wow, that's not how it must happen. No, you've got to, Daniel is multiple dreams that should be set aside and analyzed by themselves and how they fit in to the kingdom of God. There are some, chapter 9 I believe is to the Jewish people and, and, and not to us, right? I think it gives us a foreshadowing of what chapter 12 is and tells us how it's going to look and what it's going to do. But Daniel writes to multiple people. He writes to Nebuchadnezzar, he writes to the people of the world, he writes to the Jews, the Israelites, he writes to us, he writes to the future, right? And these are written through the visions. Am I helping anybody? They're written through the visions that God gave him. So you can't discount them and say, well, that, no, you've got to read them individually and you've got to make sure you understand when they begin and when they end and, and then you study them. And that's what we're going to be looking at to make sure. So, Brother Carl is, is, has done a phenomenal Can we give him a hand of thanks? Yeah, in a phenomenal job. So, um, very quickly, I'm going to go. Uh, the dream uh, uh, effect, I, I've got it. I'm just going to. Is there any questions? Yes, Sister Roseanne. Yes, ma'am. Right? That's because Nebuchadnezzar's son is having a banquet using Belshazzar. The, using the temples, yeah. The stuff from the temple. The the goblins That's correct. And then it says right after that the Medes and the Persians show up. That's correct. So it was they were correlated. That was it was Nebuchadnezzar had a promise that you are the king of kings, you got all this, but you have to you have to do what I'm telling you to do. And he didn't control his house, etc. Does that make sense? Yeah. So everybody say amen. Amen. So God reveals uh, the dream to Daniel. The Daniel interprets the dream, and he talks about the the rock that's cut without hand and the interpretation. I want you to notice that Daniel always it always affirms God's sovereignty in the end. It always affirms the fact that. Jesus Christ, God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? Don't ever forget that in your study. So those are some highlights um, that I, I just wanted to touch on. Um, I also want you to make note in Daniel that you're going to see two different uh, thought processes. 
um, when it comes to the verbiage when we're talking about dreams versus night visions. I want you to notice that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, Daniel had a night vision, right? And I believe those are very separate things. Um, and the reason being is because night vision is a vision. It's seeing into the future. Dreams are things that are encountered while we sleep in our unconscious state that can be brought by many things, not just God. God, right? But night vision from God is specific to a need that was happening. So there's many times in my life that the enemy attacks your dreams, right? Well, don't let him, right? Uh, protect your dreams let, and, and rebuke those spirits. That, that you know, and then, by the way, find out what you've been entertaining that would cause those nightmares. Amen? Um, but then I ask God to, to use my, my sleep time to give me vision. Right? To give me vision. To give me the vision of God. Let me see night visions like Daniel saw. That I can see not just the fanciful, right, the maybe, but I can see the absoluteness of God's plans in my life and in the life of this church. Amen? Yeah. So I hope that helps you, right? You'll see the difference. Over and over we see that, that, that Daniel had night visions and the king had dreams. Now, it's called dreams as well, but I, I think they're distinctly different um, in, um, in their application. So, all right. Um, everybody shout amen. Amen. So, um, does anybody have any questions here tonight about what you've talked about, uh, what we looked at? If you'll notice, raise your hand if you do. If you'll notice, we have talked about whores. We've talked about all these mysterious things. The woman with the ten horns. We've talked about, right, all these different kingdoms. And the, the reason I say this is because this is what we're going to do. We're going to take our time this whole year. And we're going to kind of step through these little mysteries throughout the scripture that we go, what, what is that? I've never heard of that, right? Who's Nebuchadnezzar's father? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, how many of you knew Nebuchadnezzar's father was Nebuchadnezzar? He was a, a lawn care guy there in Greece. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but uh, um, uh, uh, we're going to learn things that you didn't know. Brother Carl and I were sitting here. We're like, well, I, well, I, I never, I've never, never heard that, right? <laughs> right. right? The father of Nebuchadnezzar, right? It's, it's something we focus on Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, the son. But uh, we, we don't talk very much about fact at all about the father. But there you go. You're going to learn some wonderful things. So, who, Sister um, Meadows, what, what kind of question do you have tonight for us? So my question was, Brother Carl stated that he believed that um, the woman with the 12 stars and the child is Israel. Mm -hmm. Do you have, um, uh, how does that align with Well, I'm not exactly sure what you are saying. So you looked at, at chapter 12 of Revelations. It describes a woman with 12 stars, the sun and the moon on her head, and she bring, has a child who will rule the world with a rod of iron. Elsewhere in Revelations you see Jesus who will rule the world with a rod of iron. And, and when you look at Joel's or Joel's, Joseph's uh, dream. He has a dream of the sheaves and the cows coming out of, oh no, that's Pharaoh, excuse me. Yeah, that's Pharaoh. Um, his, he has two sets of dreams. The last dream that he has is a woman having 11 stars and the sun and the moon and they're bowing to 
the uh, the other star, his star, Joseph. Right. And Dad says, "What are you saying? Are you saying that your mom and I are going to bow to you and your brothers?" And of course, you know the rest of the story of Joseph. How did Joseph? I think we're gonna we're gonna dive into. I need you to write. Someone write some notes, right? Someone send me a text, Sister Meadows, because I want to dive into that because it, it's a very interesting um, correlation between. Um, the, what, and the reason I say this is because we sometimes don't think about Israel in Res- Revelations very much, right? We should. Yeah. We should. We got the hundred forty-four thousand. We have the the the, uh, the four and twenty elders. We have we have all these. You know, we know that the 140,000 are made out of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? We know that. We know the 420 elders are, are, are based in, in, in Old Testament theology of, of, of uh, Israelites and the law and etc. This is the same, right? Is that there's these typologies that come out of the Old Testament that show us what's happening in the New Testament, right? And, um, and I, I would like to talk further about those little nuances. No more. This is the last night we're talking about horrors. Okay. Just so everybody knows. So then, do you consider Babylonian war as Israel going straight from God? And then. Um, Say that again? Yeah. Do you consider the Babylonian war as Israel going okay. straight from God? And then uh, the bride of Christ as the Israel return to God? No, I'm seeing. Babylon in Revelations as when Paul said after I depart grievous wolves are going to come in and not spare the flock and New Testament Je- Babylon is spiritual Jesus said uh, um, uh, that there would be a falling away and Paul right, other, and no I think it's talking about the church that Jesus yeah spiritual Israel that there was a falling away that there was false prophets that there were false teachers that that and they still claimed to be Christian while they were doing this but that I believe is referencing the whore of Babylon Right, and we're going to come back to that because that's a question. That's one of the subjects we're going to be dealing with. Yes, because I want to come back and dive into that because I I have some thoughts uh, that we don't have time to talk about tonight, but um, I I want to come back to uh, these little nuances um, that are so good. Anybody else? Question? Yes, sir. Brother Chuck. Uh, could you expound more on what you said the ten kingdoms? The, uh, what do you think maybe those are? The toes? Yeah, the European Union. Well, I wonder, is it necessary to look at the European Union and count them, or just look at what the Holy Roman Empire was all about to begin with, and see that number and recognize that that is the areas that the Holy Roman Empire had and now has in the European Union? So I don't know that the number 10 is important to us 
as much as history, as far as right now. It's important when we look at history, but it's not important for right now fitting into something. Am I making sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, um, I don't think, I, I know that we are going to come back to some particular things and, and orderly uh, pull them apart. Um, I really, uh, I think that if we're not careful on these nights, we're going to, uh, we're going to go all Call over the place. The and, and I really wanted <laughs> us to stay at Nebuchadnezzar and, uh, and, and the second, second chapter of Daniel. It's kind of hard. Well, it is hard, but it, it, I agree with you a hundred thousand percent because they're all intertwined a yes. little bit, right? But, um, I think that, uh, I, I want us to be careful that confusion doesn't come. Right. That's my. That's my. And I think though. that if you keep coming, yeah, you won't be confused. It, right. It'll start fitting together. Yes. Amen. So, um, uh, what time is it? Seven fifty. Okay. Good. We got. We got. Everybody good for another eight minutes. Anybody got any comments? Any other ideas out there that are different than ours? They want to add to this. Carl, we are. We do so good. They are so intimidated right now. We are <laughs> no. nervous. I do find it interesting in the book of Daniel that the Lord doesn't speak directly. It's one of the few books where we don't hear the Lord spoke. It's all indirectly through Daniel. Through, Daniel. through dreams. I think that's rather Visions. interesting. In, they're in captivity. Yeah, because of his faith in the Lord and he shows that's, the Babylonian Empire. That is neat. It, great Lord. insight. That is great insight. Very good. Yes. I, I love it. So, anybody else? On the back row, I feel like there's a question in the back row. I really do. Um, I really do. Um, T, what kind of question you got back there? I see that you're raising your hand, wanting to know more about... <laughs> yeah, okay. So, here's what your homework is, right? I want you to go read Daniel chapter 2, right? I want you to read an overview of Daniel, right? I want you to just kind of flip through Daniel and read the headlines in your Bible. Daniel has this dream, this vision, right? And I want you to segment them, right? Because you're going to see all these little places where Daniel is and, uh, and he's having dreams. So we're talking about dreams that relate to how we feel to the last days, right? But you'll see that there's all kinds of dreams there that are talking directly about Nebuchadnezzar, about the Medes and the Persians, about the Jewish people, about, right? And then we find in chapter 9, we'll come to chapter uh, 11, chapter 12, right? Um, we'll talk about some things that are very unique there. Um, but we, we want to make sure that you are doing your homework and you're doing your studying and you're going, but I see this and what about that? And I think that you guys are doing great um, questioning these things. Um, and I'm gonna, we're going to come back. So we're going to come back uh, into Revelation at a later date and talk about all these, uh, you know, who is, who is this woman? Who is the great whore, right? And, and who is, how does that affect the last days in Revelation? We're going to connect it back into our final uh, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, it's, it's going to get uh, deep. This is going to be a conversation. I know you're used to coming to Bible study. And uh, you're going to be here next week because we're going to dive back into this, right? And um, we're going to be uh, going... To, I'm going to be, we're going to be going, and um, I think I'm going Daniel first seven. this time. I think I'm going first next week. Daniel 7. Daniel chapter 7. Study <laughs> Daniel 7 too. 
But um, seventh chapter of Daniel. Yes. So um, read Daniel two this week if you're online. Read chapter two, and then next week, right? Uh, I want you to read Daniel seven. Now read Daniel seven. Read its history, or in other words, context. Who it was written to, right? Who was it written to? What was Daniel? What was happening in Daniel's life at that moment, right? I always like to read the chapter before and chapter after because I understand the the block ends in which I'm dealing with, right? Gives me a better vision of what's happening in Daniel's life. So I want to just make sure that you you have those. Um, it, it, studying God's word is is it, so exciting to me. I, it's exciting. I, I'm going to tell you right now. We're like two little kids at a candy store. Um, but I, I want it to be exciting, not just for me and Carl. I want it to be exciting for you too. <laughs> so we're going to be more visual. I'm realizing tonight I need I needed more visual. Uh, we need more visual uh, to help you see the 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 breakout of some things. So that that's going to change next week. You'll, it'll be a little more visual on the screen, not just scripture. Is that better? Some timeline stuff. Is that what you need? Okay, I'll produce some timeline stuff so that uh, we'll look at. I'll do some backlog into Daniel too, just as what is this, what is that great statue? What it, the meanings of it and how it pertains. Now, Jesus said, "I'm going to close with this." Jesus said, "I need you to go and study Daniel." I, I didn't say that. <laughs> Jesus said, "Go look at Daniel." Yeah. Well, he didn't. He, he, that's that's later in the epistles, but Jesus said, talking in Matthew chapter 24, go read it for yourself, he says, I, he pauses in the middle of his summation about the last days, and he says, go study Daniel. And if we're not careful, we will have a hard time. Daniel is hard. The reason it's hard is because it doesn't directly correlate with Revelation, right? It's not like connect the dots, Right? Oh, that means... Uh, now, I believe it. it's all there. I know it is. But it, it is very layered. Very layered. Because I asked God a couple months ago about, like, God, why... I mean, seriously. Why, did, why couldn't it just be A, B, C, 1, 2, 3? Right? Why couldn't it be like, here it is, this, 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 this. And it's because, watch this, revelation does not come A, B, C. Revelation comes through relationship. There's things I, my wife knows about me that it's, it's, it's never been written down. And God help anybody that does, right? Um, because we are, we are unique. The nuances, everybody say nuance. The nuance of relationship says that I, I, I'm going to feel something from God that you may never feel. You're going to feel something that I may never feel, right? Because we're in relationships. His word is absolute. It's concrete, Right? But in the nuance of us in relationship with him, he'll show us what we need in, or, in order for our salvation to be complete. Amen? So having a good understanding of these things in the last days is very important. Very, very important. Um, but it's, it's most important that you have a prayer life and relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Someone say amen. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Everybody shout it. Amen. amen. Thank you for your obedient obedience to the man of God. Uh, I, I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you. And I, I want to thank you for showing up tonight and being a part of this. Read this week, Daniel 2. Meditate upon that. I'm going to give you some more visual aids next week about Daniel 2. And then I want you to come back. 
and we're going to talk about Daniel 7. Everybody say Daniel 7. So pre-read Daniel 7, right? Make sure you're reading the context, not just the words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your love and your kindness. Your word is everlasting, Lord. I pray that you do not allow the enemy to come in with words of confusion, but let there be light, let there be clarity, let there be, Lord, exactly what your word wants to say to us. Let us be inspired to study, Lord. The purpose of us coming together is to study further and be inspired by your word. I pray tonight for every single individual that's online or in this building today. Bless us and keep us and cause your face to shine upon us. Bring us together on Sunday morning, 1035, because the pastor's preaching. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout amen. Amen.